started uh, at the time he was six. He'd been on Prozac from the time he was six years old and been receiving Social Security disability. Never worked a day in his life. He's in his mid-30s and now has all kinds of mental, ment deep mental issues. And I think of it how so often today when you think of the millions of children today if you look up Google, Prozac is an antidepressant. Imagine being six years old because of behavioral disorder, growing up in a single-parent home, wasn't disciplined, so they put him on an antidepressant, and he's been on it most of his life. And I want to tell you, it's having horrendous effects on our nation. And I believe that we need to open our eyes. We've sown to the wind, and we're reaping a whirlwind. And we have a nation today that, that today who's often dependent. I know that's not everyone, but I want you to know that a lot of the challenges we're dealing with in the prisons, in, in the mental hospitals, is often because of sometimes uh, things that could have been avoided. And so I want to address how you and I can have a healthy mind. I want to pick up where we left off, but first of all, we said if we're going to have a healthy mind, how you know we, we got to feed our mind the truth of the Word of God. And I just want to just uh, tell you how important that is because I want you to know the Bible tells that the Word of God is powerful, it's quick, it's alive. And I want you to know that I've witnessed and I've seen and I've read testimonies of so many who've been healed just because they begin to feed their mind the Word of God. I want, to, I want you to know you are what you eat. Look at somebody and say, you are what you eat. And I want you to know that what you feed your mind, you'll become. The Bible tells us that death in life is in the power of the tongue. But the Bible also says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Come on, say it with me. As a man thinketh, so is he. I want you to know, whatever you feed in your mind, if you feed in your mind junk food all the time, uh, HBO and Netflix and... Uh, You can't feed your mind junk all day long and not expect to begin to have junk thoughts. And you sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. If you want to know your destiny, just tell me what you're thinking. Your thoughts will eventually control your destiny. So if you want to change your destiny, you got to do what the Bible says. Be changed. By the renewing of your mind. Look at somebody and say, I got to renew my mind. And one of the greatest things to do as you start the new year is to begin to feed your mind the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's been amazing some of the testimonies we've been hearing. I'm, I'm, Kenneth, don't mind me sharing. Kenneth, uh, many of thank a part of this 21-day prayer and fasting, and he just thanked me this morning. He said, Pastor, thank you for calling uh, the church to these 21 days of prayer and fasting. God is doing amazing things in my life. And he began to tell God's doing amazing things in his life, in his family, because he's committed to, to, to feed himself the word of God, to, to deny himself food for the purpose of feeding himself the word of God. And God is changing his life. Come on, let's thank God. for that. Come on, don't, don't panicate. That's how God changes us. The Bible says we to meditate in his word day and night. I, I'm telling you, it's been good to, oh, it's been amazing what God is doing. What, something happens when you begin to meditate and feed yourself the word of God. Then we talked about the fact if we're going to live free, I'm sorry, if we're, if we're going to have a healthy mind, we got to free our mind from destructive patterns. I, this is just review, but I just, for some of you weren't here last week, and I want you to know if you're going to have a healthy mind, you're going to have to recognize that not every thought comes from the Lord. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I ask you to turn it. Let's, let's just read it just for a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Put up verse 3 first, and we're going to read verses 3 through 5. Come on, read it out loud with me. Say, for though we live in the world, we do not do, wait, 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 what does it say? We do not do what? 
What he says, what, what do we not, do not do? Say war. war. Let me just help you right now. You cannot have a lazy mind and live victoriously. Look at somebody and say, you got to fight. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a healthy mind, you're gonna have to fight. Come on, somebody say, you got to fight. You're gonna have to learn how to wage war. God's way, and God says you wage war, not like the world does, but come on, put the next verse up. Verses 4. Come on, say the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say the divine power. Divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every, every what? What do we take captive? You got to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When the birds from flying, no, listen to me. You can't stop the devil from, the, let me, someone say, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can't stop them from making a nest. Come on, over your head. The same way, how many thoughts are going to come, but you and I have a choice, and we got to pull down, we got to wrestle with thoughts, strongholds, imagination. And one of the things we do when we learn how to take God's divine weapons, the weapons of his word, the weapons of prayer, the weapons of praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, I feel the Holy Ghost all over this place. I want you to say that's weapons. God has given us we the weapon of the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and they are saved. I want you to know, God has given us weapons, the weapons of the truth of the Word of God, the weapons of the name of Jesus, the weapons of prayer. The Bible says everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. Say the peace of God. And the peace of God that pass all understanding will keep your minds in your heart, I want you to know if you'll start praying more and worry less, you won't have to take an antidepressant to go to bed or to wake up. You, you can learn how to have the peace of God. Can I have an amen? And I'm telling you, listen, it's, it's a matter of training, but you got to pull down. Say pull down. You got to pull down stronghold. These are lies. Some people say, well, I've always done it that way. Or it's always been like that. Listen to me. A lie, a, a stronghold is a lie that you believe. Some things people have been taught since they were a child, and, and they think it's so. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, I want you to know we got to cast it down. Cast it down. We got to, we got to deal with imagination. Everything you imagine ain't God. And you got to take control of your thoughts because your thoughts direct your life. The Bible says, God, you thank God, for out of it comes the issues of life. The easy to read version says, be careful what you think because it will shape the path or the course of your life. And so if you want to know where you're going, examine your thoughts. But guess what? The good news is this. If you and I can control our destiny, if we'll begin to take control of our thoughts and begin to line up our minds with the word of God. This one scripture I just felt I need to remind you because here is, this morning I'm going to spend the bulk of my time talking about how to keep your victory. Because one thing to get free, I prayed for people, they got delivered, set free, six months later they come back and they got the same devil. Bound up the same way. How many of you can get free and stay free? How many want to get free and stay free? Well, you're in the right place. So I want to talk to you. Listen, here, here's a practical principle. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 23. Just as you and I put on our clothes every day, you don't run out, you don't go outside naked. You put on clothes because you know it's appropriate and it's proper. You and I, in the same way, we have to clothe our mind. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, verses 22 and 23, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Listen to what he said. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desire. I want you to know you got to do, you, 
the Bible says you got to do it. God is not going to do it for you. You got to put off your old self. Come on, say it to yourself. Say, I got to put off my old self. But you don't stop there. Listen to what he says. You got to put off your old self, which is corrupted with deceitful side, and be made new in your attitude of your mind. You put on the new self by putting on new thoughts, allowing yourself to be clothed with the mind and the thought of God. It's amazing. You know, I, I, that's why I think one of the greatest things they've invented was, was you version and, and, and where you can turn the Bible on. Sometimes we can't sleep at night. We just put on the Bible and start listening to it. And I go to bed listening to the Word of God. Anybody like that before? I'm telling, that's amazing, huh? We, we, were, we were just, Angela woke up and she woke me up. I sleep good. And she said, so when she came and she said, Liz, why don't you just put on the Bible? So we put on the Bible. Next thing I know, we were both knocked out, and the Bible was still playing. Amen. But we have learned to feed our minds and renew our minds in the Word of God. I want to pick up, and I want to talk to you today how to stay free. Galatians 5.1 say, stand fast in the liberty wherewith in a yoke of bondage. This is vitally important, especially for all of us who've been praying and fasting and been saying, you know what, I've turned off media, I've turned off a lot of the things I was watching, and I've been feeding my life good things. Well, I want you to know, uh, it's amazing how when you begin to uh, feed yourself and, and, and free yourself, how you begin to feel free. So many people have been saying, man, this has been the best fast. This has been amazing. It's been amazing when you begin to focus and fill your life with God, how you feel freedom and joy and peace. But listen, here's what he says. You got to stand fast in the liberty. In other words, you got to, you got to be vigilant. You got to fight to stay free so that you don't get entangled again. And one of the ways we do that is, so I want to, where I pick up from last week, is we got to focus, say focus, focus our mind on the right things. Philippians 4 verses 8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. You know, in the King James, it says, Finally, my brothers, whatever things are good, whatever th things are lovely and so forth, think on these things. I like the Living Bible. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Say, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Listen to me. If we're going to be mentally healthy, we got to focus our thoughts. Focus your thoughts on the right thing. Most of you know this scripture in Isaiah 26. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. The Living Bible says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you whose thoughts, listen, whose thoughts, say thoughts, say whose thoughts are what? Fixed on you. I want you to know one of the greatest ways we experience mental health and peace is fixing our thoughts on the Lord. How many of you watched uh, the national championship when Clemson uh, just beat Alabama to the ground? I'm just, <laughs> I love, listen what, listen to me. They interviewed the coach of Clemson, and, you know, they, they, you know he was ecstatic that they won, but listen what he, what he said on Nationwide TV. He said, for my joy, listen, for, for, my, for me personally, joy comes from focusing on Jesus. Come on, give God some praise. Listen to, yeah. Imagine that on nationwide television. He just won the college championship. He said, my joy come from focusing on Jesus. Go give God some praise. That's why God let him win. Come on, Jesus. I say, come on, Lord. Thank you for Debo Sweeney. He recognizes that, that 
His joy is not in football. I listen to me. Some miss church to go watch the Saints game. Oh, I tell you, God bless you. But I want you to know the Saints can't make you happy because if you lose, you'll be depressed. But if you focus on Jesus. Oh, I'm, I'm killing the sacred cow. I like the Saints. I'm going to watch the game too. But my joy don't come from the Saints. And if they win, I'm going to still be shouting. I won't be depressed on Monday. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is my joy. Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus, Jesus. is my joy. And if you will focus on Jesus, listen to what he said. I like, he said, joy comes from focusing on Jesus, others, then yourself. I want you to know that man understands the secret to mental health. He understands the secret to true joy is keeping your mind stayed on Jesus. He said others. That brings me to my next point. Say others. The Bible said, listen to me. Here, here, here's a, a fact. You know, I, when I, I do research, when I do these messages, and I went on to psychology today, and I did a lot of research. What, what are the, if you Google and say, what, what are the secrets or what are the keys to mental health? In psychology today, it says the number one key to mental health. I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, psychology today says one of the most important keys to mental health is to connect, with to connect with people around you. Listen, a British analyst of well-being, the British, I'm sorry, the British analyst of well-being agrees with U.S. data showing the importance of social support and relationships to the individual mental health and happiness. Listen. Having a minimum of three people whom you're close may be enough to protect you from psychological disorder. Y'all heard that? They just confirmed what God said. He said it's not good for man to be alone. One of the reasons why a lot of people get in the mullet grubs and get gauged with others, if you learn how to connect with others, then when you down, they can lift you up. The Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, two are better than one. He says you have a greater reward. If one falls, somebody can lift you up. But woe to the person who falls and have nobody lift you up. I want you to ask, when you down, who lifts you up? And we need people who will sometimes help Lift us up and bear our burdens. I want you, one of the leading causes of mental, uh, un, mental instability and mental unhealth is when people isolate themselves. Many mental attacks happen when we're all alone. The Bible says in Psalm 68, God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth prisoners with singing. But the rebe rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. I want you to know that we need others in our lives. James 5, 16, a very familiar verse of Scripture. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you might be healed. Let me tell you a true story that happened about right here several years ago. There was a young lady who came into this church on a Wednesday night, and it was obvious she was tormented in her mind. And I could see she was going through something. Just so happened I was right here praying that night. And she said, I want to share something I've never told nobody. She said, I feel so, so bad. She said, I, I don't even sleep good at night. I, I live with constant guilt. And shame for what I did. And she went on and on. I said, well, you can tell me. I said, God, God, can, there's nothing you can do that God can't forgive. She said, well, when I was in college, I had an abortion. And I can't forgive myself. And she said, I, I, I'm tormented. And I live with all this guilt. And I want to tell you. I said, well, baby, God forgives no matter what. He said, if you confess it with the Lord, he will forgive you. And I want you to know when I prayed for her, because she confessed it, God set her free. She's still free today because she confessed. Come on, let's thank God. But yeah, listen to me. See, sometimes 
We hold on to things. We got secret areas, and we got, there's some things that you won't get free from until you, the Bible says, you know, that, that you, got to, you got to bring it out in the open. I was reading in the book of Jeremiah. If you ignore it and tr- tr- pretend it didn't, it's not there, I want you to know you won't get free. But when you're willing to humble yourself and say, God, this is an issue, and sometimes find somebody trustworthy who you can confide in, that's one of the keys to inner healing is learning how to reveal your, James, Rick Warren says it this way, uh, the beginning of healing is revealing your feeling. When you begin to open up about those areas, God can bring healing. But if you'll cover up, this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 28, it says, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but he will confess it and forsake it will find mercy. And one of the reasons why some people stay bound in their mind is because of things that they Ashamed of things that devil beat him up with guilt and quantum nation and all that. But I want you to know, I love James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you might be healed. See, we need one another. Look at somebody and say, we need one another. Come on, tell somebody and say, I need you. And you need me. Because we're all a part of God's family. It is his will. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going on. Let, let me move on. That every need be surprised. You're a part of me. Come on, that's right. I done forgot the rest of the song. Amen. But y'all got the idea. Kirk Franklin sang that song. We are, you know, I need you. You need me. See, I got the wrong person. I, I'm a, that's a, Hezekiah Walker. Amen. Give him the credit, y'all. Amen. But hear me, this is what the Bible says, Philippians 2, 4, don't look only for your own interests. Say that with me. Don't look only for your own interests. Hear what he says. I like that. But take, the, take interest in others too. The message Bible said, don't be obsessed with yourself. Come on, say it and say, don't be obsessed with yourself. Come on, you want to look to the person next to you and say, don't be obsessed with yourself. See, one of the ways we get depressed is when we always focus in on ourselves. That's why is called narcissism. When you're always living about, what about me? Look at me. Whatever, you know, everything about me. And I want you to know that Jesus came to say, listen, if you want to lose your life just keep holding on to it but if you want to find your life lose it in me and you'll find the life I really have for you and so one of the keys to mental health is learning how to not be obsessed with yourself but involve others in your life when we living for others connecting with others it'll cause you to have a better mindset so here's a goal for you. Some of you might say, you know, I need to set a goal that I'm going to get connected. I'm going to be in a small group. I'm going to find two or three people that I can share my life with, that I can pray with, that I can do life together because we are better together. Say it with me. Say we're better together. Come on, say it with me. Say we're better together. Especially, and I want you to know, we got to fight isolation and being alone, especially uh, you know, some of, you know, God wants us to be connected. Number three, here's the important part. If you and I are going to have mental health, we're going to have to learn how to put on the garment of praise. Yes. Say that again. Come on, Judith, help me out. Say that one more. Hey, praise him. Listen to me. Look, we must put on the garment of praise. I'm reading Isaiah chapter 61, verses 3. Listen, you, you know, it speaks of when Jesus came. He's the anointed one, and he came to give us beautiful ashes, the all of joy. And I want to pick up, you can, you can read the rest of the chapter, but just for the sake of uh, time. And he provides for those who grieve in Zion. If you're grieving today, God got a cure for your grief. Listen to what he said. To bestow on them beauty. Instead of ashes, the all of gladness for the spirit of mourning. I want you to know, you don't have to stay in mourning. God will give you gladness. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
so that they will be called the oaks of righteousness and the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Listen, I read this week Joyce Meyer's book, Help Me, I'm Depressed. Anybody ever read Joyce Meyer's book, Help Me, I'm Depressed? Well, she got a little book, uh, and this is, what she, um, this is a quote verbatim. Joyce Meyer's in her books, she wrote a little book called Help Me, I'm Depressed. She said, the one time, she, well, she says, one time I was preparing to speak on depression, and the Lord showed me that many people go through all kinds of counseling and takes all kinds of medications, but if they would smile and sing a song, the depression would go away. This is how God changes their circumstances. I, I read that from, that's from her book. Listen, there is power in your praise. Praise will drive away depression, despair, discouragement. This is why the birth of the church, God encouraged the people to praise him. The Bible says in the book of Acts, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Look, look, look at, here's a key to mental health. Listen, the first thing that says, and they met together uh, because, listen, one of the ways, as I shared, we overcome mental depression and, 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 and heaviness is when we commit to fellowship with other believers. There's been times I've been down and discouraged, but oh, when I come together and get with others, I'm telling you, they lift me up. That's why, listen, for, for about 17 years, we have a sat, we've been meeting together as a group of men, and we pray one for another. It's, they don't, they think I'm doing it for them, but I'm really doing it for me, because when I get there, and I hear them and praying and something, I get encouraged. I get lifted up. I walk away. Listen to me. I might have came in down, but I walk away full of the joy and the peace of God. Anybody, you've discovered when you meet together with others. They met together. And if you will learn, that's why the Bible said, don't forsake the assembling. Some of you have let, let off on attending church. You find every reason why other things you can do other than to worship God and come to the house of the Lord. But the Bible says, do not, say do not, forsake the assembling of yourselves together. One good goal for some of you is determine, listen, I'm going to come to church every Sunday. It got quiet. Come on, tell us about it. Say, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. It's a discipline. Listen, it's a discipline that we need to determine. Listen, I don't care what's coming up. I'm going to discipline myself to come to the house of the Lord. I'm going to be like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many are glad this morning that you came into the house of the Lord? Come on, give God some praise. But listen, the second thing, about the Bible said they met together, and listen, and they praised God. Not just one time, but the Bible said they were praising God daily. These believers practiced the art of praising God. They did it regularly, watching, listen, I want you to know the greatest witness we can give to a world that's despondent, depressed, discouraged, defeated is to be a people who will be full of joy because we learn to praise God. I get it everywhere I go. I could be walking in Home Depot and 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 you know what? I'm because I'm gonna I'm gonna just be full of joy. I've learned to praise it. I'm thanking God that I'm alive. I'm thanking God that He woke me up this morning. I'm thanking God, you know, and listen to and people begin to notice, people begin to see you. Well, look, he's smiling. Well, what is it? What is the secret? They want to know how to have joy. Listen, no, it ain't no drug. Come on. Yeah, it, it is the Holy Ghost. They say, oh, you've been drinking that wine. I say, yeah, I've been sipping on that new wine. <laughs> Do y'all know that's a true story? That was a couple that came to this church. They was driving on airline highway, and they saw the sign, new wine. They drank wine. They said, oh, there's a new liquor store in La Plata. And they came to church. Come on, God touched you. Come on, give God some praise. New wine. But here's a key. Here's a key. I'm going to help you out. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. The Bible talks about, many of you know, it, listen, to give you a little backdrop, Paul and Silas were missionaries. They had gone into this city and they had preached the gospel. 
And because they, got, they delivered a young woman who was demon-possessed, they were beaten and thrown in prison because the businessman realized, I lost, I'm going to lose all my money. That's like me going shut down the psychic place over there, down the street. How many of you know people get angry because now they don't have no psychics to go to? They might throw me in jail, might shoot me. Well, that's what happened to Paul. Paul, they got angry because the local palm reader, psychic person, got saved, and they threw Paul in jail, and they beat him. But listen, Paul had every reason to get discouraged and say, God, I'm trying to do your will. I got this young lady saved. Now, I'm, they beat me. I'm in jail. And they put him in the innermost prison, and they put chains around his legs and chains around his hands. You know, the devil wants to stop you from praising him. The devil, sometimes you'll go through things. Sometimes, how many of you know sometimes bad things happen to good people? And sometimes because you're trying to do good, that it didn't happen to you because you're doing wrong. It's because you're doing right. The devil, listen, sometimes the devil will attack you the greatest because you're trying to do the right thing. Somebody say amen. In the midst of them trying to do right, they were attacked. But listen what they did. And here's the secret to you and I if we're going to live in victory and have mental health. The Bible says at midnight. Say at midnight. In other words, when it was the darkest hour, when it was the darkest hour, rather than getting discouraged and worry and anxiety, in their darkest moment, the Bible said they begin to pray and sing praises to God. Say pray. And saying praise to God. Come on, let's read it. Come on. So, so about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Listen what happened. And the other prisoners were listening. Look at somebody. Say, somebody's watching you. The world will always watch. The world will watch how you handle when you're in your prison. The world will watch how you handle your difficulty. The world will watch how you handle when you're going through it. And they are watching you. And the Bible says, and the other prisoners was listening to them. Say suddenly. How many need a suddenly in your life? I want it. God can come through suddenly. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. And listen, not, listen, I like this part. It wasn't just Paul and Silas chains. When you praise, you might get somebody else free. Did y'all hear that? Come on. Your praise might help somebody else get free. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. Oh, give God a praise, right? Come on. If you and I, you, you, where, 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 where Brother Calvin? I need you right now, Brother Calvin. Listen to me. If you and I will learn how to give God a praise, I want you to know God will open doors and God will cause chains to fall. You know, I believe that God can break every chain. I believe that God can open doors, but it comes when you and I learn how to praise Him. Will somebody give God a praise right now? Come on, give God a praise right now. Listen to me. You don't have to wait for the music. You don't have to wait for the keyboard. Come on, you can give God a praise right now. Give God, let God know how glad you are. Let him know that you're glad he saved you. Let him know that you're glad he healed you. And when you and I begin to praise him, when you and I begin to worship him, come on, help us out, Calvin. When you and I begin to give God a praise, come on, give God some praise in this place. I want you to know there is power in your praise. Come on, don't stop. Give God some praise in this place. I love to praise him. I say I love to praise him. Oh, will somebody help me praise him? Oh, that men would praise him. Oh, that men would praise him, I'm telling you. When you and I begin to praise him, God delights in the praise. I want you to know God will open prison doors for you. Break chains for you. Well, give God a praise right now. Yeah. I want you to know one of the most important keys. When I, I was born again in 1979, one of the first books I read was a book by Merlin Carruthers, From Prison to Praise. He wrote a book 
about how he was, he was incarcerated, how he learned the secret to praise. And because he praised and learned how to give God praise, God not only brought him out of the prison, God gave him a worldwide ministry. God turned his life around through his praise. God healed his body. God restored his life. That's what praise will do for your life. If you will learn, praise is a weapon. That's why the Bible said, with the high praise of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand, I execute judgment against the enemy. I want you to know, that's what you got to learn. The devil wants to stop your praise. The devil tried to stop Job's praise. I want you to know, listen, uh, uh, the devil came to God and said, does Job praise you for nothing? Oh, he prays it. It's anybody can pray when you got money in the bank, food on the table, you got a car drive. But where you, can you praise it when there's no money in the bank, when there's no food on the table? Yet I will still praise him. Come on. When you learn how to praise God. See, that's why when our team went to Africa, they learned, listen, these folks, they don't have half of what we have. They don't have half of what we have. But my son said, what impressed him the more, I asked everybody, what was the thing spoke to you more than anything? He said, I, I was touched by their, their hilarious, sacrificial praise. Many times don't have much, have anything, unemployed, no job, wondering where the next meal comes. But yet they learn the secret of praise. And if you will learn, don't wait till everything get right to praise him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him all the day long. Praise Him when you're going through it. Praise Him. Praise Him. Listen, if you'll learn how to just praise God, praise Him when you're hurting. Praise Him when you're in pain. Praise Him when it looks like you don't, there's no way out. But if you'll learn to praise God, He will make a way. Oh, come on. I say He will make a way. I say he'll make a way. I'm telling you, listen to me. Hear this testimony. When the tornado hit us in 2016, this pastor, I'll tell you, Pastor Steve Allen told me, he said, I was watching to see how you was going to react. I'm telling you, people watching you. See, we had always been on the end of giving to people during times of disaster. But now we had our own disaster. And people will watch how you respond in your disaster. And I'm telling you, I determined in the midst of our disaster, I was going to praise God. Now look how God turned it around. I, I'm still baffled at it. You explain that we had two and a half million dollars of damage. We were underinsured. The insurance company only gave us $1.45 million. We did a $1.3 million renovation paid for. Listen, don't, don't shout yet. We paid off $1.5 million on our mortgage. And in the midst of it, did all of this free. Now, you do the math and you figure that out. How in the world on 1.45, we paid off, we put $1.5 million to pay off our mortgage. We're almost debt free. That's a, that's a reason to shout right there. We did a $1.3 million and everything you see is paid for. Come on, let's thank God for it. But I believe because we learned in the midst of our disaster, if we'll just praise Him, and the rest of it, listen, we, we, and we gave, you remember there was the great flood in Baton Rouge, and, and, and in the midst of our disaster, we sent teams to four churches to help them, and we gave almost $40,000 to help them rebuild in the midst of their disaster. Now you explain to Matt how God do that. Come on, give God some praise. If you will learn to praise Him, I say if you will learn to praise Him, come on. Oh, come on. Praise, praise, praise will make a way. It'll, it'll free your mind. It'll heal your body. It'll open doors for you. God was just wanting to see, listen, will you praise me? See, anybody can praise God when everything going right. Even the, even, even the atheist, when, when, when everything going, he got to praise somebody. But I want you to, can you praise him when everything ain't going right? And I've learned that God is worthy of praise. 
I like, I think it's in the book of, one of the prophetic books that say, if the blossoms don't bloom, if the fields don't crop, if there's no money, I'm going to put it in Neil's book, if there's no money in the bank, and there's no food on the table, it goes on to say, I'm going to still praise him. And the prophet learned that the secret to you and I experiencing God's riches and God's best is when we just learn to praise him. I'm not talking about put on a praise. I'm talking about that you're going to, from a genuine heart, God, whether nobody looking. You see, sometimes it's easy to praise God in here. But when you go home and nobody, can you still praise him? Can you say, and that's what God, see, God sees in secret. And if we will learn how to give God our, our praise at all times, I want you to know that God will loose chains and he will open prison doors. Is that all right this morning? Come on, let's give God a praise. Oh, yeah, listen, listen. Let's, let's give our media team. They are, they are amazing. Come on, let's thank God. Come on, read, read this voice with it. Listen to what it says. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no, no grapes on the vines, though the olive crops fail, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. Come on, let's thank God. Yeah, he, he learned the secret of praise. Can I share one last point before we close? Y'all can have one more? Because I, I want to move on, and, but this is so important for you and I having mental health. Hear this last point. If you and I are going to live in mental health, we're going to keep our mind. There's a war that's going for your mind, and you got to fight for your mind. And here's a part that you got to understand. James 4, 7 says, submit, say, submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Here, here's, I need to just expound on that. Listen to me. One of the ways that, one of the reasons why people become mentally tormented is because they're out of the will of God. They're not walking under the divine protection of God. There's an example in the Bible. The first example of mental illness is found in the book of 1 Samuel, many of you know the story of Saul. Saul was called to the Lord, but he got in rebellion. He, did, he was doing his own thing. Look at somebody and say, don't do your own thing. You got to do God's thing. And listen to me. He, 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 God gave him a command, but he wanted to do it his way. God said, no, do it this way. But Saul said, no, I wanted to do it my way. And the prophet Samuel said, don't you know that rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness? And he went on to talk about uh, rebellion is like witchcraft and stubbornness, like idolatry. And he said, God said, because you rejected him, he's going to reject you. And the Bible says, and Saul began to be tormented in his mind. What happened in Saul's life is he got from under the umbrella of God's protection. You and I, if we're not careful, if we don't live a life submitted to God, how do we submit to God? We submit to what His Word says. That means if God has convicted you of something, stop, stop, stop trying to figure it out. Just obey. Say obey. If you're living in an immoral relationship and God has convicted you, don't try to figure out how you're going to make it. Just obey. Obey. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I depend on that person. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill. Oh, listen, I want you to know God will make a way where there's no way if you'll learn to obey. When God convicts us of things, it's so important that we act on it now. That's what submission means, that I live a life under, under his control, under his influence. Submit means to be under. That's why we get the word submarine. It's under. And God wants us to be under his control. Under walk in submission. That means when you're on your job, you might not like your supervisor, but you honor him and you submit to him because that's what God says. That's why in the, in the marriage, uh, you, uh, let's say in the government, you might not like the president, but God says we're to submit and we're to honor our president. So that's why if you keep your tongue off him, you'll, keep, you'll have a right mind. 
I got you. I don't have to agree with it, but God has given us a biblical principle. Submission is a biblical principle. And if I live a life of submission, in the home, God has placed order. In the church, God has placed order. In the community, God has placed order. Ask yourself, are you living in submission to God? We got a lot of rebellious spirits, rebellious people who, I don't, nobody going to tell me what to do. Nobody going to tell me how to live. That's why you don't have no peace. That's why your mind tormented, because you ain't learned how to come under. But when you come under the submission to God, I want you to know that God says, submit yourself to God. That's the first part. Look at somebody say, you got to come under the Lord. You got to submit to God. Secondly, you got to resist. Resist means active. It, 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 it's, it's like this. Resist, you know, you develop muscles through resistance. You know, push-ups is not always comfortable, but every time I do that, there's resistance, and I'm building muscles. And every time I do that, I'm building muscles. And every time I do that, I'm building muscles. See, and when you learn how to resist the devil, say you got to re resist, say resist the devil. See, I got to push, that means I got to push against him. That means it's not automatic. I got to fight against the devil. Look at somebody, you got to fight against the devil. It's not automatic. It's not easy. That's why Christianity is not for the lazy. We're called to fight a good fight. We're called to war a good warfare. Listen to me. Peter said, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want you to know the devil walks in churches. Oh, yes, he does. He is always looking, who can I take hold of? Who can I destroy their mind? Who can I capture? Looking for someone to devour. Listen to what he says. Resist him standing firm in the faith. See, when you're standing on the word of God, and you're standing in obedience to God, and you're under his control, Jesus said you can speak to the enemy. He got to obey. No weapon formed against your prosper. See, a lot of people quote that, and listen, they're not even un submitted under God. It won't work for you. But if you're living a life under the submission to God, then you can speak to the devil because it ain't you. you just doing what God said. See, I, see, authority comes from God. He gives me the gun. He gave me the badge. And when I'm living in submission to him, then I can say to the devil, listen to me, you are outlaw. You, out, you, 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 you didn't trespass. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. I kick you out. I take hold of you. And when you resist the devil, he has to obey. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus didn't say he might flee. He didn't say sometimes. He said resist him and he will flee. And I have learned, that's my phone ringing. Now, is that all right if I answer? That might be the Lord. That might be. It wasn't the Lord. That's all right. I'm closing. Let's close. Hear me. Hear me carefully. Hear me carefully. I want you to know, I want you to know that God wants you and I to have healthy minds. If we're going to have healthy minds, we got to obey what the Word says. We got to learn how to come under, submit to God. We got to learn how to resist the devil. You got to resist wrong thoughts. You got to resist when the devil tries to tell you, oh, it's okay to, to look at that woman that's not your wife. When the devil tells you your husband ignore it, it's okay to fascinate about that man that's not your husband. When the devil tries to tempt you. You got to resist those thoughts because they're out, they're trespassing, they're illegal, they're against God's will. And you got to say, devil, I resist you. When the enemy tempts you to take something that's not your own, you know you need it, but, but, it's, not, but it's not lawful. You got to resist it. It's an unlawful thought. And you got to take control over every negative, contrary illegal, unlawful thought that, it, that acknowledges that's, that comes against God's word. And when you and I learn to submit to God and resist him, 
he has to flee. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise all over this room. I want to pray for you this morning. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit to see some people set free this morning. And listen to me. I'm, I'm just telling you, God's going to set you free right where you are. But today, if you say in any way, this word was for you today, you, you know, in any area of your life, if this word was for you, I want you to stand on your feet all over this place. If that word was for me, come on. That word for me, that word for me. Listen to me. Because we're going to do some warfare this morning. Oh, yeah, come on. You're going to help me, help me, Calvin. Come on. We're going we gonna to learn how to take authority over our mind. We're going to learn how to, how to resist the devil. We're going to learn how to, to do what God says. I'm telling you, listen, you and I can have a soundness of mind. We can be free from depression. We can, we can live a life of victory. Victory. But it comes through his word. God, the Bible says, beloved, I want you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul, your mind prosper. God, the Bible says, he wants your whole spirit, soul, and body. God wants us whole. Do this with me. Just put your head on your mind all over this place. And say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. My mind belongs to you. You said in your word, I am to worship you to serve you with all my heart, my soul, and my mind, and my strength. Today, I purpose to worship you, to serve you with my mind. I commit to feeding my mind the Word of God. I commit to destroying wrong thoughts to pulling them down off of my mind. Lord, touch my mind right now. Pull down every stronghold. Take down every imagination and remove every thought that's contrary to your word. And Lord, I'm going to focus my mind on you. Jesus, today I set my mind on you. Now give me perfect peace. Heal my mind. Come on, all over. Come on, come on. Heal my mind. Heal my thoughts. Come on, God. Wash me right now. Come on, God. I have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that right now, in the name of Jesus, you're healing my mind. So I take authority in the name of Jesus over every thought, over everything that's contrary to your word. Now, as you pray, as you hold your head over your mind, I'm going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of depression. I break every stronghold of insanity. I come against, Lord God, every, 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 every anti, every depression, every mental torment. God, Lord, all anxiety, fear, worry. Come on, God. We break its hold right now in the name of you. All jealousy, all envy, all greed, we break its hold off of our mind. God, we're going to learn to have a, a mind that's content, a mind that's full of joy, a mind that's full of praise. God, heal minds today. Come on. Just say, God, I decree my mind is healed, is full of the joy and the peace of God. In Jesus' name. Now, Father.